0: Welcome to the Emerging Minds podcast.
1: This podcast is part of a series called Supporting Children Through Drought. G'day, I'm Drew Radford. In this episode, we focus on a positive future for you, your children, and your community. It's important to remind yourself and your children that this drought will pass. Trying to do fun activities together or even making a list of things you're all looking forward to, will help in keeping a more positive future in focus. To explore this in detail, we'll speak with mental health professionals, and importantly, parents from remote locations, about how they keep a positive future focus for their children. One of whom is Amy, who's from a station north-west of Roxby Downs she spoke to me about how focusing on a positive future is not always the easiest thing to do.
0: We try to keep it open-minded. We keep telling the kids it will rain eventually. It's, it has to. It's just a matter of when. We were lucky enough that we were in the right spot to get some after the start of this year. But, yeah, it's it's a hard one because all you can see is dust. Um, the trees are only what's around the house. You look out and it's flat, open plains yeah it's hard to get them excited for my daughter it was hard she's um, rather be home with me so that we sort of try and do more activities around the house and cooking and things like that that she enjoys and her drama so but yeah my son all he wants to do is go out and help my husband on the farm and he's got goals of being a farm manager one day so we'll see see how that pans out
1: Thanks, Amy. Like so many who've been doing it tough, despite having a bit of rain recently, painting a picture of optimism is not always easy. To discuss some strategies, I'm joined in the Emerging Minds studio by psychologist Dr Andrea Baldwin. Andrea, for infants and young children, what are some ways a parent or child caregiver can foster a positive future outlook with this age group?
2: Drew, it was lovely to hear about Amy's son, And his goals for the future Um, but of course babies and little children are not very future focused they've got so much going on in the here and now I've mentioned before their brains are making over a million new connections every second they're using every sight and sound and texture and experience that happens so it's really hard for them to imagine tomorrow let alone something like a time in the future when it might rain again so it's really quite important to focus on the positives of right now in the moment so things to enjoy things to be grateful for, like a yummy meal, a fun game, a beautiful feather, the nice thing that Mrs. So-and-so said. Talking about the future, you can certainly encourage them to look forward to something exciting that's going to happen soon, like a trip to town on the weekend, a visit to grandma next month, or Christmas. You can make A list with them of the fun things that are coming up you can put it up on the wall put pictures you can have a calendar where you're crossing off the days until something happens so that's a fun thing to do together it's really important for them and for you to have things to look forward to Um, do be prepared though for little ones not understanding the time scale they might ask you every morning if it's happening today it's a bit like are we there yet just help them enjoy the planning the packing the getting ready the talking about what's going to happen and when that event has happened, try to have something else positive on the horizon. So there are little pleasurable experiences that can help bridge the time gap between the big ones.
1: Dr Andrea Baldwin, some great suggestions in there. And thank you for your insights and time in joining me in the Emerging Minds studio. Drought is one of the many cycles of life. And this is a notion that Jane, who is from a station on Eastern Air Peninsula, tries to instil in her children.
0: Well, there's the old one day closer to rain (laughs) scenario, which we all probably say that too much. But um, my kids are the age where they've seen like the dry times and then the good times and then the dry times again. So they realise it's a cyclic thing. So it's not, oh, this is how it is forever and it's doom and gloom. They, They realise there will be peaks and troughs. And so I suppose when we're talking about drought, we try and... Liken it to other things in life that you might experience and that probably puts it a bit more in perspective for them so that they're not just focused in, oh, it's drought and this is how it is and that's bad and that's the only, we're the only ones going through. I, I often try and give them other examples of life where, you know, you could call it a drought or whatever's whatever's going on in a different aspect of life with similar peaks and troughs as such. So, yeah, just try and give a wider perspective
1: Thanks, Jane, for those great reflections on drought and maintaining a positive outlook. To discuss this further, I'm joined in the Emerging Minds studio by psychologist John Dean. John, drought is one of the many cycles in life, but it can still be hard to be positive.
3: Well, it's important to maintain hope, I think, Drew, and that idea that every day's a day closer to when it rains is true, but difficult to live through. And I think that idea that things are cyclical in nature is useful. And I think the climate is a really good example of that. You know, We have the seasons and they're not a bad way to take notice of what's happening, that the seasons come and go and there are changes even if it's just in the temperature. And um, each season really has its opportunities and it has its challenges you know, We lead into one season where we're thinking about sowing crops that may or may not happen, so it has challenges, and then we have seasons where the growing might occur and there might be challenges around that and so forth. So any positive change is worth celebrating, I believe, and it's important to mark those occasions and celebrate them, even if handling disappointments down the line can be difficult. And talking about that is important. But we also need to only share, I suppose, with our children and young people according to their age, which is difficult for parents, which comes back to the need for parents to get the support they need to be able to support their kids. We need to be realistic about things, I believe, without sharing things that are inappropriate. An old priest that I knew when I was younger and on the farm, used to say when he was asked about praying for rain, it's no good praying for rain when the wind is in the south. So I think, yeah, we really need to be truthful with our kids and not give false hope, but point out that things do change. It's part of life.
1: John, you raise a really important point about being truthful with children. It's something that Belinda, who's from a property in the Flinders Ranges, also spoke to me about.
4: You know, we just try to make sure that we treat them in the way that they they want us to treat them. If we want them to um, be respectful of us and they want us to respect their decisions they make, I think it has to come the other way. I think we have to make sure that we're making decisions and, and we're speaking to them in a respectful way so that they know that you know we understand how they feel. Try not to be too negative, I suppose. That's a very difficult one, but I think... and. I guess in terms of the drought and educating your kids away and the costs, etc., I think it's just important that they know that whilst it is a financial burden, it is also we're investing in not only their education but in them and and giving them the tools, you know. Every year technology gets better and the drought's probably been handled differently this year than even it was handled back in the mid-2000s and then back in the 80s. So I suppose... We're giving them new tools, tools that we didn't have when we were young, to be able to deal with it. That's why I try and remind them that it's, whilst it's financially a burden, It's it's important that their education, regardless what they do, whether they become mechanics, doctors, lawyers, pastoralists, that we value that over everything, I think.
1: That's a wonderful perspective, and thanks for that, Belinda. John, I was really taken by Belinda's approach of instilling in her children that their education was about equipping them to deal with the future in the best possible way.
3: Yeah, it's a nice view of it that Belinda gives, because one thing that the young people discussed at the summit was feeling very responsible for gaining or achieving being away at school because of the sacrifices that they knew that their parents were making. So they do feel a lot of responsibility. But I think it's a good point about respecting your children's opinions and experiences and demonstrating that respect so that then you're more likely to get that respect back from your children. That sort of modelling, I think, is is great approach. But it can be really difficult to hear some of those things from your kids, especially when they trigger reactions in us because of our experiences. But children can really express themselves in very different ways. They don't always have to do that by talking to you. They could be, and I think it's really useful to encourage them to look at expressing themselves through other ways like art or music or craft or photography, film lots of different ways. I came into contact with a young person not far from here who had been keeping basically a diary of the drought through photography and uh, had her own Facebook page displaying photos of the drought, which become quite important to a lot of young people. So there are lots of ways that children young people can express Their opinions and experiences at these times, and we should encourage them, engage with them around their interests. As I said before, taking an interest in what they're interested in really has an impact on their self-esteem. And also, again, around that difference with age. So as kids get older, it's harder to maintain that strict sort of parenting approach. And Kids will rebel if uh, we try and restrict them the way we might have done when they were much younger. It's a young person's job to sort of make mistakes and learn from them. So they'll get their decision-making wrong at times. So our role really is just to be there and be able to say, well, that didn't work. Well, um, you know, what can you do next time?
1: John, thank you for your time and your insights on how to go about fostering a positive future focus.
3: Thank you, Drew. Difficult time when times are difficult, but I think it's really important.
0: If this podcast brings up any difficult emotions for you, please reach out to someone you can talk to or call Lifeline on 13 1114 or the Beyond Blue support service on 1300 22 46 at any time.
1: Thank you for joining us for our Supporting Children Through Drought podcast series. This podcast series has been made possible by funding from Country South Australia Primary Health Network and in collaboration with Parents from Isolated Children's Parents Association, SA Branch, Remote Isolated Children's Exercise, Queensland Centre for Perinatal and Infant Mental Health in Children's Health Queensland Hospital and Health Service and School Link and Got It programs, and New South Wales Health Murrumbidgee Local Health District.
0: Brought to you by the National Workforce Centre for Child Mental Health, led by Merging Minds. The National Workforce Centre for Child Mental Health is funded by the Australian Government Department of Health under the National Support for Child and Youth Mental Health Programme. Visit our website at www.emergingminds.com.au